0: it's the last stand and here is your host brian custer that's right it is the last stand i'm brian custer we bring you the biggest names in the sport and joining me today is the former ibf super middleweight champion of the world you know him as sweet hands my man caleb plant back with us on the last stand how are you caleb i'm good man i'm good how's it going Good, my brother, my brother. Man, we got to talk a lot of boxing, and uh, let's start with your division, because it is is red hot. Uh, We just saw Canelo defend his undisputed title for a successful third time uh, against Jamel Charlo. You were there. What were your thoughts about the fight?
1: Um, You know, I felt the fight was a little bit lackluster, and, um, you know, obviously that has a lot to do with what Canelo did, but um, at the same time, you know, I feel like Jamel, he could have went for it a little bit more. You know, maybe maybe he felt his power early and decided, you know, maybe he felt like, hey, maybe this is too risky. So, but at the end of the day, you know, he went up to weight divisions. He um, got in there. I'm sure he wished he would have went for it just a little bit more, even if it was on the back half or at the end. But, you know, regardless of this, what it is, so.
0: You know, going into the fight, a number of people, uh, boxing writers, wrote that Canelo was slipping. Uh, Canelo told us before the fight for the first time in a long time uh, that he was finally healthy and showed why he was, pound for pound, the best fighter in the world. Uh, When you watched the fight, was that a different Canelo than the guy you faced?
1: Um I feel like, you know, it was probably at his peak when we fought. And I've seen a lot of people comment on that and say the same thing. So, um, but obviously he looked great against Jamel and, um But he didn't have a whole lot coming back at him. So, you know, when you're able to find your distance and your timing and your rhythm and, you know, you don't have as much coming back at you, you know, you're able to relax in a way and to a point where, you know, you're able to
0: get real comfy, so. Do you do you believe his take when he says, I I showed – why I am and still pound for pound best fighter in the world. I mean, again, you know, he, he put on, he had a,
1: a great performance and he did his thing. So, you know, I don't have much more than much
0: more than that. Mm. November twenty fifth, Demetrius Andrade is taking on David Benavidez. Uh, what do you think about that fight that will come your way on Showtime pay per view?
1: Um, I think it's an interesting fight. Uh, You know, David, he's obviously a a really good fighter. Boo Boo's a really good fighter. And um, it's a stylistic matchup. And, you know, I'm uh, interested to see who, you know, how it turns
0: out. I I think it's uh, interesting that a lot of people have said this is going to be kind of similar to your fight with Benavides, except that uh, Andrade is a southpaw. Both of you guys boxers. uh, Both of you guys can punch. What do you think? Um, how, how do you think it's different from when you fought David Benavides?
1: Um, I mean, obviously him being a southpaw, uh, obviously stands out and, um, boo boo, he, uh, he's a good boxer. And, um, so, you know, we could all speculate, but at the end of the day, we, we got to really just wait and see when the bell rings, you know, and, and see how they match up, how they line up, you know, styles make fights and, um, That's the great thing about boxing is, you know, when the bell rings, we get to find out. So, uh, you know, as of now, I think it's an interesting matchup and just, you know, interested to see who goes in and is able to, you know, implement their game plan the best.
0: Yeah, I thought one of the things is, you know, both of these guys have talked about we want – they want the win because they feel like the win will secure a fight with Canelo next. What do you think about that?
1: I mean, sounds good. You know, I'm not a matchmaker. I'm not, I'm not. Uh, you know, a matchmaker. I'm not involved with the, uh, you know, the title, the sanctioning body. So um, all I can say is, you know, I'm interested to see the fight. I think, you know, it's two really good fighters getting in there, uh, going against each other. And so, you know, when that bell rings and, you know, who's able to lay down the X's and O's and, and, and make adjustments as needed, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see how that goes. So it's definitely
0: a big fight for the super middleweight division. You know, when you look back at your fight with Benavidez, anything you would have done differently? Uh, I'd have got my
1: hand raised. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like uh, at the end of the sixth round, he, he caught me with a good body shot. And uh, going that was like at the sixth round. And then, um, you know, by the eighth round, in the eighth round, I caught a headbutt right here and uh, blood started to leak down, it started to get hard to see. And, you know, once it gets hard to see, judging your distance and your timing, it could be a little off. So I started to try and, you know, go for the clinch a little bit more. And um, so, you know, that's how that came about. But just there's a couple of things I would have done differently, but, you know, me and David might run it back. So, you know, I don't want to speak on too much.
0: Yeah, uh, what do you think about you know everybody now you know calling him the Mexican monster? You've been in him, you've been with him. Your, your thoughts about that?
1: Yeah, I mean uh, he's a he's a good fighter. I've always thought David was a good fighter. Never said anything differently, and I still think that. But um, I'm a great fighter too. And um, you know that was a close fight. A lot of people had it, you know, seven to five. And um, you know, obviously after the 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 headbutt with the blood in my eye. It started to uh, – again, it started to get hard to judge my timing and my distance, but – so I started to go for the clinch more, and that was a um, – it got busy, you know, w- once that started happening. But other than that, like, you know, if he's a monster I am too. <laughs> um,
0: I I think that's interesting. You've given us some insight in that fight where you've talked about the the headbutt, the blood, and how it, it affected you because, you know, when you read – how people wrote about the fight, it said, uh, and I'm writing, uh, quoting here from the boxing scene just like against Canelo, Plant boxed beautifully in the first half of the fight and seemed to gas out in the second half. That has been his downfall in the two biggest fights of his career. Uh, your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that this affected me in the fight. I can't say for sure, but about a month out, I did get sick. And um, I was sick for just a couple of weeks. I'm not sure if that had any, you know, any layover in the fight. But I mean, again, David's a big fighter. He's a he's a he's a good fighter. Um, his size plays a big part in his um, his strategy, but also his skills do too. So, you know, it's not like I'm taking anything from him or making any excuses. He he got his hand raised. But at the end of the day, it was a really close fight. And um, if he's a monster, if he's pound for pound material. Then, you know, even with not being able to see good, you know, I was right there. So, again, you know, I would, uh,
0: I'd be definitely interested in running back, so. Man, there are some big fights, and that's why I love your division at 168. David Morrell, Jaime Mungia, John Ryder, I know your team, said that they expect to have you back in the ring. Probably, they said, without question, in early 2024. Do any of those names appeal to you as an opponent?
1: And who did you name?
0: Uh, David Morrell, Jaime Mungia, John Ryder. Any of those names appeal to you at all? Um, Right now, my main focus is Jamal
1: Charlo. That's who I want to fight. So uh, he's been talking about moving up to 68 for some time. I know he's right on the verge of that, and, you know, that's a fight that needs to happen in
0: boxing. I I love that you mentioned that because Jermall is going to be on the Benavides card fighting Jose Benavides Jr. Uh, on November 25th. Give me your thoughts on that fight, considering it's going to be his first fight in, what, two and a half years?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I don't know. What did uh, Jose fight Terrence Crawford at? was that that, 140 140 yeah that was just a couple years ago so uh but jose is scrappy so we'll see you know i'm interested to see the fight uh i don't think the fans are very happy with that fight i don't think box is very happy with that fight but you know at the same time he's been out a second so if that's what he needs to uh get things moving then you know that's on him um Mm. but uh that's a fight that needs to happen me and I want that.
0: I think it was the Errol Spence, Terrence Crawford way in. You guys got in that that little uh, kerfuffle, we'll call it. Um, You and Jamal Charlo. Was this something that had been percolating, or did this just come out of nowhere?
1: Uh, It just came out of nowhere. You know, if it was up to me, we never would have even spoke that day. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I had nothing to do with that. You know, I had to do with settling it, but, like, as far as like nothing had been brewing, you know, and again, like I said, if it was up to me
0: we we wouldn't even spoke that day, so yeah how surprised were you so it in, in essence, you're at the way and he just walks up to you and talks stuff.
1: he's just um yeah, you know i i've i've uh tried to refrain from from speaking on it too much, but but I have you know told my side. And that's the side, that's what happened. You know, I have no reason to lie, I have no reason to make anything up. You know, I've spoken on what's happened and him coming up and, and how the story went about. And um, so yeah, him coming up and, you know, just starting to talk and us having a back and forth, giving me a cold sentence, hot sentence, and until he just decided to uh, take it a step further. So that's all I'm gonna
0: do. You know, that's all I'm gonna say as far as speaking on the situation. Hey everybody, I'm Brian Custer, our next partner, athletic greens. You know, I take AG one by athletic greens, literally every day. You think I got like this overnight? No, it's because of AG one. And I wanted to try because I wanted better gut health, increased energy, immune system support. I take AG one in the morning before starting my day. And it really makes me feel like I'm doing something good for my body. Like covering all my nutritional bases, and it's great before your workouts. It's made with 75 super high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced ingredients that deliver benefits like mood, immune system, and sleep support, sustained energy, and really so much more. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five travel packs to go with your first purchase. All you've got to do. Go to athleticgreens.com slash last stand. That's athleticgreens.com slash last stand and check it out. Now that it's summer, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals that support sunny and active days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit can help you fuel up fast with flavorful, nutritious, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. And you're going to save time, you're going to eat well, and stay on track reaching your goals. Listen, you're too busy with summer plans to cook, but you want to make sure you're eating well? With Factor, skip the extra trip to the grocery store. Head to factormeals.com laststand50 and use the code laststand50. You get 50% off. 50% off. That's the code. Last Stand 50 at factormeals.com slash last stand 50 to get 50% off. I know you saw each other at the Canelo uh, Charlo fight. Um, you said on Twitter, uh, You just seen me the other night and had no words, just a crazy look and a heart that shook. <laughs> <laughs> Were you surprised that there was? It wasn't a second confrontation then. Uh, No, not really surprised.
1: I wasn't surprised. You know, he knows he made a mistake the first time and he learned from that mistake. So, but I was surprised that he hopped on Instagram live afterwards, you know, talking about what he was going to do and, you know, stuff like that, because again, you know, he was five yards from me just two nights before that. So. If he wanted to get his point across, he could have just told me, but he didn't want to tell me. He wanted to let y'all know. You know, he he wanted everybody else to know because you you heard it on the um, the IG live. Hey guys, and yes. one more thing, and right. one more thing. I want to say one more thing before I go. Hey guys, I want to make sure are you listening? I got something to say. And when I fight Caleb <laughs> Plant, I'm gonna. So, but why are you letting everybody else know? You could have let me know, but he didn't want to let me know.
0: Mm. And, and and if his, you know, obviously his words were, you know, when I get a chance to fight Caleb Plant, I'm going to knock the F out of him. Uh, what is Caleb Plant's message then to Jamal Charlo? Sounds good. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, how active do you think uh, Caleb Plant will be, uh, let's say, in 2024 in – uh, the years going forward, is it one fight a year? Because I know you fought once last year, year before, or is it two fights a year?
1: Yeah, I mean, if I'm riding at the top of the year, I'm sure I'll be back in by the end of the year. So, uh just looking to stay as you know active as possible. I'm in the gym six days a week now; have been for months. I sparred eight rounds today. You know, I'm already in shape. I've, I'm running my miles, my strength and conditioning, my weight is in check. I mean, I think everyone knows me as a guy who, you know stage in shape year-round, Stays in the gym year-round, lives a clean life, and, you know, is
0: on top of his P's and Q's. Yeah. Um. Uh, and speaking of that, do you see yourself remaining at 168, or have you ever entertained either going down to 160 or going up to 175?
1: I mean, I'm, uh, I stay lean, you know, year-round, so I don't see myself going to 160. And uh, I don't see myself going to 175, at least anytime soon. You know, I make 68 quite easy. And, you know, that's the perk of, you know, keeping your weight in check year round and living a clean life. So, uh, you know, there's no need for me to go to 75. 68 is a hot division. And, you know, there'd be no sense in leaving it when I can make the
0: weight as easy as I do. Tell me about you. The one thing I love about you is your sense of style. Um, Not only the cars... Because I love the, the the drop top. I mean, that that car you got is sweet. Uh, the Jays you always got on is sweet. But cl- Kayla Plant's got a clothing line. You got to tell me about the clothing line. And then for people who want to get some of that swag, what do they have to do? Yeah, you know,
1: um, for some time now, I've had you know, a clothing line called Revenge Tour. And, um, you know, it's really just about the give back. And I'm sure we've all been handed the short end of the stick at some point in our life. You know, we've all been told, what we can't do. We've all been told, no, you can't accomplish that. And, you know, even just life in general, no one, even personally, just life in general, handing you hard times and, and, you know, hoping that you just stick with the life that it gives you instead of going out and, you know, creating the life that you want. And that's the, what revenge tour is about. You know, it's about going from place to place and thing to thing and, you know, getting revenge on
0: life and creating the life that you want. And, and so if I'm, I want some of the gear, how do I get some of the gear? Well, it's been
1: uh, sold out and usually I just do like, so far I've just been doing like one week pre-orders and the pre-orders open for a week. You either get your shirt or you don't in that time. And um, once that pre-order is closed, you know, that shirt is not re-releasing. So you either got to be on top of it and get it or, you know, you got to watch everybody else walking around with it. So um, it's been doing great. I've been doing great numbers with it. And, you know, that's something that I enjoy and I think people know that, you know, I like and I'm into. So uh, that's something I plan on, you know, continuing to run up. And um, I just had uh, my second collection drop at the Las Vegas Lowrider Super Show um, here in Las Vegas, obviously, and it did really good. I'm thinking about dropping it online for the people online who, you know, have continuously supported me. So I'm still thinking about it, but I think I might drop it online here, here soon. And
0: so... That's fantastic, my brother. Uh, you know the deal, Kayla, for everybody who comes on the show. We allow them to submit questions through social media. Got a number of them for you, so we'll get right to them. This one comes from X uh, Matador. Uh, says, hey, when, were, when will you be moving up to 175? And is it only for a title fight or a big fight that you would do it?
1: Um, Again, you know, I feel like there's so many good fights at 68 that uh, – really no need to go anywhere. And obviously with me being able to make the way like I do, you know, there would be no sense for me to jump up right now. You know, I got a long career ahead of me, so, you know, who knows what's in store. But as of now and for quite some time, you know, I'm going to be right here at super middleweight.
0: Uh, Rahul asks, uh, considering the two guys you've fought, who would you favor in a fight between Canelo and Benavidez?
1: Yeah, I mean, they got – two different styles, styles make fights. And, you know, it'd be interesting to see, you know, obviously I think Canelo, he's got more pop. I'm not saying David doesn't, but I think Canelo has got more pop, but, um, you know, David is a bigger guy. He puts more punches together and um, it, you know, you'd really have to just let the bell ring and let those guys line up to see how it really went. They're both uh, really good fighters, obviously. And so who knows, but,
0: you know, I'd be I'd be excited to see that. Mhm. Uh, Renee asks, uh, do you plan to fight twice a year for the remainder of your career?
1: Yeah, I mean two times or more, you know, just staying as active and as busy as possible. And um in the meantime, making sure I'm staying in the gym, staying on top of my uh like I said, my Ps and Q's, keeping my weight in check, make sure, you know, I'm in the gym sparring, running, straight and conditioning, keeping my diet right. So just controlling what I can control.
0: Yeah. Uh, Diego asks, what was the hardest bump that you had to get over after you suffered your first professional loss? Uh, Just being disappointed,
1: you know, obviously. You know, I think some people, they get in there, and you can tell by the way that they fight that they're there for a check. And um, even before, you know, Canelo was trying to find a fight, and they were, it was, like, on a five-week notice, and they called me up, and I'm like, no, if we're going to fight, you know, I'm a world champion, so you should give me an eight-week camp because I- I've earned that. I deserve that. You know, I'm a world-class fighter. And I didn't take the fight then, and Callum Smith wound up taking it. And it's because I knew, like, if I take this week on a five-week notice, that's just me doing it for a check you know mm-hmm. if he's such a great fighter i'm going to put myself in position to have the best camp possible to get in there and do what i got to do so just being disappointed in the fact that i lost because i wasn't there for a check i was really there to win and get my hand raised and um just but with the success that i had you know the the counterpart is with the success that i had that just proves how good that i am and good that i was and so just getting back in the gym getting back on my team, grinding, smoothing out the edges and, and just working on my game, but just
0: being disappointed in losing. Uh, Chuck asks, what really made you slap Jamal Charlo? Was it that he actually touched you or was it what he said?
1: Uh, I mean, a man has a right to defend himself. So, you know, if another man keeps putting his hands on somebody when he's told to stop, you know, again, a man's got a right to defend himself. So that's really all that it took. But um, all the rest of the stuff that came along with that, you know, calling me a bitch-ass white boy over, look at him, y'all scared, just like a bitch-ass, you know, just all that Mm -hmm. stuff, um, you know, obviously added up, but what really caused it was
0: him putting his hands on him. Yeah. Uh, Steezo asks, after back-to-back losses, although they were big fights, is your next fight a must-win?
1: Well, I I haven't had back-to-back losses. So, I lost to Canelo, and then I got knocked out of the year against Anthony mm-hmm. So um that's not a back-to-back loss, so I don't
0: know. Good point. Uh, okay, you know the drill here. We cut to the last segment. It is called The Last Stand. I'm asking a series of questions, Caleb Plant. Um, I want the first thing that comes to your mind. You ready?
1: Yeah, I'm ready, Brian. I'm
0: here ready. we go. In your opinion, who is the Biggest threat to Canelo's undisputed crown at 168, not named Caleb Plant? First thing that comes to my mind is I don't know. That's a a good answer. Um, Which fight do you want more because it's personal? Is it Canelo? Is it Benavidez? Is it Charlo?
1: Um, damn, Brian. (laughs) Well, obviously, I've taken a loss, so I don't mind working my way back. You know, I've never been scared of hard work. I've never been scared of a big fight. So if that means fighting Jamal Charlo to get those fights, then that's the one I want. You know, if I could have a chance to fight for Undisputed, that's the biggest thing in boxing, then obviously that would be the one that I'd want. But uh, I plan on, you know, I'd like to run it back with David as well. So that's a three-part answer. But, this, uh, you know, it depends on how the card falls. But right now, first and foremost, I want to fight Jamal Charlotte because I feel like that's what it's going to take to
0: put my name back up there with either David or Canelo. Which loss eats at you more? Is it the Canelo or the Benavidez loss?
1: Uh, The Canelo loss. Mm, tell me why. This not, a not the camp that I wish that I would have had. And, um, there's a second part to that answer, but I can't, I can't answer that right now. And what? You know, one day I'll, I'll be able to share it with the world. So, um, you know, stay tuned, but.
0: Oh, you can't give it. us a teaser like that. Caleb. Gotta stay tuned. <laughs> gotta stay tuned. <laughs> okay. We got to talk about that then next time. Uh Will Caleb Plant be a world champion again at 168 or will he have to go to another weight? 168, I'll be a world champion again two times. Nope. I like it. No doubt. I, I like it. Uh, last but not least, in your opinion, which smack was more warranted, the Canelo Plant or the Plant Charlo?
1: I mean, I feel like both, you know, like me and Canola are just standing up there just talking smack back and forth. And he shoves me, you know, that was that was unwarranted. You know what I mean? And uh, same thing with Jamal, too. So it's like you can't just be going around just trying to shove people off their feet or grabbing their face. But if I
0: really had to choose, like probably Jamal. (laughs) <laughs> hey do you think this is the fight that we'll see uh early
1: 2024 with uh jamal yeah fingers crossed you know that's yeah what, you know it takes two to tango though you know i can't just run around you know begging somebody to fight me i mean so everyone knows where i stand on oh, yeah. taking a big fight so
0: when I look at the landscape of the super middleweight division, where do you think it ranks in boxing?
1: Right up there. I mean, right up there with with 35 and 47 and uh, 40. I mean, it's got to be right up there with them. You know, a lot of big fights being made. I'm proud to say that I'm a big part of that, you know, regardless of who they put in front of me, whether it was Jose Ushkategui when I only had 17 fights, and fighting for that world title, you know, off a year layoff or, you know, fighting even um, Vincent, uh, you know, after I fought um, Mike Lee after Jose, you know, just because I, I won my world title the hard way. So obviously they gave me Mike Lee, but then even Vincent, you know, he was the WBA regular champ um, shortly before we fought and uh, going right to, uh, you know, he he was on the backside of his career, but Caleb Truax is a former world champ. Canelo, uh, Jose was a world champ. Canelo, obviously, with everything he's done. Darrell, former two-time world champ. David, former two-time world champ. And, you know, looking to fight
0: your mom next. So, The one thing I love about the division is that you guys fight each other. And, and when you have some people who are trying to pick and choose, at 168, there's so many big names like yourself. And you guys get in the ring and fight. And I think that's, that's the beauty for fight fans.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's what it's about. You know, if you feel like you're one of the best, then, you know, what's the point of calling yourself that if you're not willing to go out and prove it? And, you know, even if somebody wound up being the third best in the world, wouldn't you rather know that you're third than think that you're one? You know, because at the end of the day, like, you you really didn't – you didn't lay it on the wine. you know what I'm saying? So that's how I feel.
0: And we'll wrap it up with this, Caleb. Have, and I I know it's hard because you're still in it, but when you just look back so far in your career, have you marveled at, like, damn, I've been at the top, and, and my legacy, the legacy I'm setting is something that is really impressive.
1: Yeah, I mean, every once in a while, you know, I like to look back and – You know, I'm definitely proud of myself being from where I come from and, you know, what it's taken to get to this point, like, it hasn't been easy, you know what I'm saying? And, but nobody said it was going to be easy. I wasn't expecting to be easy. And, you know, I I don't want it to be easy, you know, otherwise everybody would be doing it. So I'm definitely, uh, you know, proud of what I've accomplished thus far. And, you know, I only have 24 fights, which is less than basically any other, you know, high name caliber fighter. So. You know, I still got a long road left ahead of me, and I'm excited to become two-time champion
0: of the world. There he is. Let me tell you something. They call him Sweet Hands for a reason, because the big, but, boy, got some hands, and he will put them on you. Uh, Caleb Sweet Hands player. <laughs> Sweet Hands, <laughs> <playing>. <laughs> Sweet hands <laughs> player. Uh, always great to talk to you, my brother, and I can't wait to see you back in the ring.
1: Yes, sir. Good talking to you. I appreciate it.
0: All right, that's what we do here on The Last Stand. We bring the biggest names in the sport, and at 168, this man right there at the top, Caleb Sweethand Plant. Thanks for watching, everybody. We'll see you again next week.